Thanks for checking out this episode of Business Black Belts. I really appreciate you listening and hope you get some great insights out of today's leader. Let's dive into the show. Welcome back to Business Black Belts. Laura Hoover here with you again today. Another fantastic leader with us, Mr. Hector Ocasio, the founder and CEO of Pet Connect Business. Hector, welcome to the show. Glad you're here. Why don't you get us started? Take us a little bit about through you, who you are, what you're doing, a little bit of your story, just kind of everything. Oh, thank you. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. So excited to be here. Um, the podcast world is is sort of still new to me, so it's uh it's a, it's an interesting medium and and uh, certainly a, a medium that I'm fascinated with. So first of all, thanks uh, for having me. Um, just a little bit about me. Um, Hector Ocasio, founder and CEO of Pet Connect Business. We are the world's first digital management system platform that has been purpose-built for pet service providers. Our core value is that we make it easy and affordable for a pet service provider to implement and manage digital solutions, such as branded mobile apps and websites that help them better connect with their customers online. Uh, How did I get here? So it it actually stems from a road trip that I was on a few years back with my wife. We were traveling uh, with our dog on our way home from Ohio. And it was late at night, super cold outside. And um, our dog suddenly got sick. Mason got sick in the back seat, and um, it was very violent, violently ill. And uh, by the time we pulled over, um, he collapsed. And so we knew like something was seriously wrong. He wasn't a dog that suffered from car sickness or anything like that. So we knew something was um, definitely um, wrong. And so we tried to find an emergency pet hospital, but the hospital in that area had no online presence. And so we couldn't find them. And so we thought Mason was going to die right there on the side of the road. So we ended up calling up a friend um, who helped guide us to a hospital in a remote area. And the, and the, um, and the doctor there, you know, shared with us, the vet there shared with us that, um, you know, that our friend saved Mason's life. Um, He had a bacterial infection that um, needed antibiotics right away and because and and, they, they were starting to attack his organs. And so it was that experience that really opened up my eyes to how important service providers are in our pets' lives, but more importantly, how important it is for them to have an online presence, right? Especially in today's yeah. market where we all look for um, these businesses to have an online presence. And so I went and in began to study the market. At the time, I was working at Oracle and I was working in product strategy and I was used to studying markets and identifying opportunities for product strategies. And so I just put that, that, you know, marketing research hat on and just started to study the pet industry. And what I found is that this was not just a pet hospital issue. All pet service providers across the country are struggling to implement digital solutions that help them connect with the modern day pet parent. And so at first I um, started to dabble in what would it take to, to solve this problem and eventually just went all in on, you know, starting off Pet Connect business to provide those solutions to the pet services industry. Yeah. I mean, like you talk about, you know, your dog getting violently ill. When I picked up my cat, when I rescued my cat, we had something kind of similar where like, we knew her paw was crushed. We didn't know how bad it was. It's not like it was bleeding. She was still walking on it. But we also didn't know where to go. 
like and then you know having finally finding like a vet or a vet hospital that would you know at least online presence because it's like you know middle of winter it's not like we can just go out and you know shovel snow to get to a hospital because they might not even be open right um so it you know like during those times it's great to have the online presence like can i get treatment if i can't get treatment can you recommend me someplace okay awesome i can go there and call them or do what i need to do or you know medication and stuff like that from the veterinary standpoint but then there's so much else outside of that that is a support system for pets and yeah being able to connect in a modernized world is something that people don't really get until you actually have a pet in a situation like that well not only that it's just it's just you you have expectations because in every other industry you can connect with businesses in that way and then somehow you get into you know getting service for your pet and then that's not the case anymore um if you look across the market um you'll find that 99% of pet service providers do not offer a branded mobile app to their clients even though over 70% of their brand engagements are occurring from a mobile device if you look at the market you'll also find that half of the market doesn't even have a basic website in place so they use facebook pages for example as their primary website offering and so you have this very sort of archaic methodology that is being employed by these small businesses and two out of every three pet parents are now millennials or gen z so you have a consumer side that are all digital natives that have a high demand for online engagements and you have a business side that is still relying upon you know um engagement strategies that were you know used 10 20 years ago and those are now conflicting and we're seeing that if you actually look at the market now what you're seeing is that um you when you look at the pet services numbers overall you see that that trend is still going up so there's more revenue spent on pet services than ever before but when you actually peel those layers back and try to and, and, and dig into those numbers, what you'll find is that that's all occurring because the volume of adoptions is at the highest levels in history, right? So pet adoptions are at their all-time high, but the visits per pet to a service provider have dipped to levels from 10 years ago, right? And so uh, there was there's an actual uh, white paper that was done by Mars Pet Care, the largest pet company in the world. Uh, they predict that by 2030, over $50 billion in service revenue will be lost annually just due to issues with pet parents not being able to properly access care. So if you really peel that back and, 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 you, and you think about that, that, that kind of impact, what does that mean? Well, 85% of service providers are small businesses. So how many of these small businesses are going to have to close their doors? How many, how many of those employees are going to lose their jobs? Just because they didn't, that that company, that organization didn't take the time to modernize how they're connecting with the modern day pet parent. Why, why, why do you think, you know, these kind of small businesses haven't at least tried to put up a website or like on, on some press? Because 
you know, we have like all these free, you know, they're they're yeah. longer domains, but we have these freer domains like Wix and a little bit more paid like on WordPress that pretty much do it for you. Yep. Where Good. it's very intuitive. It's the first and question that little, I asked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it, it was like, definitely my primary focus at first as I was where's the gap here? You know, if you go if you go and look at, you know, beauty salons or dentists or, you know, other small businesses. Yeah. You don't see these discrepancies that you see here. And what and so and so what I did is I didn't make any assumptions. I actually just started interviewing people and had different team team members just start interviewing prospects, existing customers, things like that, to get in, in to get into their heads and understand how they were looking at the market. And what we were able to get back is the following. That yes, there are tools like Wix and Squarespace, GoDaddy that offer free to inexpensive web solutions. But the problem is with those solutions is they're very much uh, um, self-built, right? So you're kind of on your own. It's a build your own solution. And there's multiple problems with that. The first is, is it takes a long time for a small business owner to stand up a solution. So it seems easy when you can say, hey, it can take just a few days. Well, that few days is now taking away, taken away from their small business to put, that, to put that little tool together. So that's part one. Part two is they can go pay somebody for it, right? But that's gonna cost them a few thousand dollars to go put that together. And a few thousand dollars you know, may seem like uh, a small sum for some businesses, but for these small businesses, that's a lot of money. Right. Especially especially if they're getting enough business from Facebook today. Right. So why would I change? I'm I'm still getting enough business from my from my core, my core uh, customer base. But then the also the other part of it is, is that it takes a long time to get them to update it. If you actually look at the market, if you take a look at websites, for example, if you were to just Google some groomers in your area and just take a look at their websites, what you'll find, (coughs) not all. But what you'll find in the majority of cases is they have websites that are the same website they had five years ago, right? They just, it's a set it and forget it sort of mentality where it's just the the content that is on there is, is the same. There's very little updates. There's no fresh content. There's no new imagery. There's no client connection, right? So there's no shared uh, information about the clients. They're not really connecting with their community. It's just a bunch of pictures and text that just sit up there and collect dust. And so uh, that that so what's happening there is because they find these tools to be complicated to update. They don't want to put in the hours to drag and drop all of all of that content. And then when you're talking about from the mobile app perspective, well, in order to get a mobile app, that's a custom project. There is no build your own sort of mobile app direction. So that means they now have got to go find a mobile app developer. They've got to manage a project with a mobile app developer, and they've got to pay tens of thousands of dollars of getting that mobile app put in place. And in both cases, whether it's the website or the mobile app, in in both cases, first of all, dealing with that technology is scary. Two, it takes a very long time to put up. And three, at the end of the day, neither solution offers any pet care functionality. So they're ultimately spending a lot of time and money implementing tools that are not really built for their business. And so what has happened is these small businesses have just 
given up on uh, implementing digital into their client experiences. And so that's where we come in is we take away that burden. We can, you know, we can stand up a, a new customer uh, with a new website and mobile app with less than a two hour commitment of their time. That's a core foundation of what we do. Our, our technology takes care of, of almost everything. Uh, our, our solutions are built in a way that they can make an update to both their mobile app and their website in less than 60 seconds with little to no technical experience. So if they know how to create a Facebook post, they can upload a new gallery item or do a push notification message or upload a new form to their mobile app and website um, in less than 60 seconds. And, you know, and then, and then from the affordability perspective, you know, we're not as cheap as Wix, if you will, uh, but we are still very affordable. We, we cost less than a, a monthly, a monthly service ticket. And when you look at some of the competitors in, in the market, um, you know, from whether you're talking about custom website agencies and things like that, you know, we, we certainly beat them. I mean, I think our closest competitor is like over a hundred dollars a month more expensive than us. So that's our, you know, sort of how we go after the market is focusing on those problem areas that have deterred them from implementing digital solutions that are client and experience in the past. So do you think like, I, I know a lot of the small businesses on like the um, human health side have put in a lot of thought and effort. Is, do, do, do you think that also part of it might be, be like, it's a pet, it's not as important as, you know, a person to take care of in, in that's that a respect? Good, it's a good question because you can even talk about that from an entrepreneur perspective. Yeah. You know, when you look at, when you look at, uh, when you look at uh, investing in the pet, in the pet industry, most of the investments occur on the CPG side, right? So direct to consumer product offerings yeah. are where most of the money is spent. There is very few dollars really put into the market on the, on the uh, B2B side, especially in the B2B technology side. And the reason for that is, is because they, you know, when you talk about sort of mass volume, it's really the consumer that everybody's going after, that pet parent. But when the technology uh, directly um, impacts other areas of the pet services industry, whether the pet themselves or, or the, uh, or the um, pet businesses out there, then it seems like the focus drops off a bit. And I do believe that, you know, the pets, the pet industry as a whole still is not being taken as seriously as it should be. Um, it's still looked at almost like a, a fun a segment, but, but, and, and I, and I just don't understand that why that, why that to be the case. If you actually look at the pet industry as a whole and you look at it from an investor perspective and you, and you compare it to other industries that maybe uh, you, you want to invest in. A lot of people don't know this, but the pet industry as a whole has grown year over year for over 50 years, including the two recessions during that time frame. Never has had a dip in revenue growth. Well, why is that? It's because every single year adoption rates increase, right? More and more people are adopting pets. So therefore, there's more and more spending occurring, whether it's for products or services activities you're you're seeing things now like you know you think about what the family pet was in the family structure 20 30 years ago i mean it's that dynamic has completely changed right when you think about the 
you know, the LGBTQ community, you know, 70% pet ownership in that space. When you think about what pets are in the family structure today, what with pet travel, right? Um, yeah. Having to have pet friendly locations. You've seen the entire hospitality industry changing the dynamics of, of servicing pet parents out there. Um, when you think about uh, how money is spent on pets for products and services, do you know that more money is spent on pets today than what people are spending on Starbucks? Right. Like when you really, I would, really, I would believe it. Yeah. Like when you, when you put that my own spending. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just the money is there. You know, it's just, it just, um, you know, we have to break down this, this market in the same way that all other markets are, are focused on and that there's more to it than just direct to consumer product offerings. There's a lot of different layers within this industry that need to be supported. I totally get that. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Just based off of what I spend on 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 my cat alone, is I don't think when I was a kid, I would want to spend that much on a, on a family cat. Oh, there's well, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, yeah. They're, like, they're... like even if, you know, even even if I had the resources back then, I don't think I would spend that much on a cat that I do today. Like, oh. I could put her in that sweater. Add that to my cart. <laughs> exactly. They become. They have become. You know. If you, if you think about the, the um, the, the expectations of population growth, and there was a, you know the sort of the big thing with the, with the with the two thousand time frame where you know sort of what was going to happen with our population growth, you know, post baby boomers. And um, all the estimates that we were going to hit, you know, certain size of population growth never occurred. And, you know, they tied it into things like, you know, women in the workforce and um, and and uh, the decrease of certain resources in certain areas. But what you really can tie it to is you can see it. It's parallel. There is a massive increase in pet adoptions, you know, over the past, you know, two decades. And. That's not, you know, uh, there is definitely correlation between that increase in pet adoptions and the slowing down of our population growth. You know, is, is I, that yeah. they be, they have become our new children? <laughs> I mean, I, I would agree that they're cheaper. They still keep you company, and they're a lot easier to maintain. Very much so. Yeah. I mean, Speaking from not a pet parent and a real parent. Yeah, no, but it, but it's true. It is a it is a whole different ballgame. They're not going to pre-K and coming home and getting you sick all the time like I'm dealing with right now. Exactly. They just wake you up at three a.m. Exactly. Pacing. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you you keep the lack of sleep <laughs> throughout both. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. All right. I want to shift the focus a little bit off of business. Um, because business itself is is a very innovative, very creative space. You got to be on point, you know, all the time. So, what do you do when you're able to get off of business for a bit to be able to just kind of reset, cognizantly not think about business for a hot second, and then refocus back in? So, that's an interesting question. Um, I think everybody has their own outlets. Some people enjoy reading. Some people enjoy spending time with family. Uh, some people enjoy uh, traveling or, or putting a lot of time within nature and getting their energy back from, from that. 
for me personally, I get my um, I get my juice, if you will, from uh, a couple of different avenues. The first is definitely spending time with my family. And um, as, as much as I make fun of the challenges of having children, um, you know, they are a crystal clear reminder of why you go through the grind as a business leader, especially as, you know, a founder of a company. Um, it is a massive challenge to run your own business. And, um, and when you're going through those grinds, you know, going home at the end of the day, um, you get that reminder of like, okay, this is why, this is why I went through today. Um, so that's, that's number one. But number two is you also have to find your own outlet um, to zone out, if you will. Um, yep. I get that from reading. I can get that from playing a video game. I can get that from just going out and hanging with a buddy for, for a, a little while. I can get that from going on a, you know, on a date with my wife when the, when the in-laws will, will watch the kids. So I use all those avenues as much as possible um, because I, I, you know, mental health is a, is, is a, is a big thing, especially um, when you're dealing with founders because of all the challenges you face. And there are two things that I think that, uh, you know, I think must occur in order for you to remain successful. One is to found, find those outlets and make them a part of your schedule. And the, and the second part, um, excuse me, just one second. And the second part is, is physical activity, right? Is going to the gym, staying in shape, um, making sure that you are pushing through your conditioning to keep your brain super focused that, um, you know, it's time to work. Um, and I think when you can have those two types of outlets be a part of your routine, um, I think you're have a, a, a lot, a lot more opportunity to be successful. I concur. Like being able to just get in the zone, mm -hmm. just that in whatever fashion that is, is so nice for just everything. I, I, I've always found, yeah, no matter what kind of outlet I'm going, whether it's reading, whether it's writing, whether it's just a video game or a movie or something, mm -hmm. being able to zone out, it just gets you ready. Like it just it opens your brain up a little bit more, like calms you down. Oh, that that's right. Calms you down. I, I remember um, when I first started the business, you know, when I was working full time and I was just trying to figure out, like, where's the business here? Um, you know, I would spend many nights just sleepless, not being able to shut down my brain. And um you know, constantly, you know, how am I going to handle this business problem? And there I am two o'clock in the morning, not being able to, to process that out. So it was those outlets that allowed me to, to zone out and it, and, and, and zone out means like, you're not thinking about anything except for that particular task at hand, you know, so you can truly almost, it's almost like meditating, you know, where you're it just, is, yeah. you're in, a, in another area. And, um, you know, the gym does help with that for me. Um, but there are also, uh, also other things that I just try to make sure that are a part of my routine. Um, and I, and I mix those up just to, to, to keep it from getting boring. <laughs> exactly. Like I, I, um, one of the easiest things to be able to zone out 
to for me is being able to swim like mm. being forced to think about breathing patterns and stroke count i mean i've I've grown up a swimmer so like, that's already kind of ingrained in me but to be able to go do that is an easy way to do it but then at the same part that can get boring mm-hmm. like if you swim for an hour about the 20 minute mark you already know your stroke count from wall to wall your breathing mm-hmm. pattern your brain starts then you know figuring wandering out. exactly yeah so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and, and i think that that's why sometimes human human engagement um is an important part of it um yeah whether it's whether it's with your partner or you know a core set of friends where you can just take you know even if it's just once a month just being able to take that time to connect at a at a human level and talk because during the during those moments yes there's always a small talk in the beginning where hey how's business going and so on and so forth but then you can get past all that and get into the whether it's just you know talking sports with a buddy or or hearing how his or her family is doing and and so on and so forth. I think it kind of just lets you go down that path where you're not thinking about anything except for that person in front of you for a period of time. Yeah. And I think, the, I think that that's a, an important a part of the mix of that zone out is, is using multiple avenues to be able to achieve Zen, <laughs> if you will, um, on that. And so my, 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 my go-tos are definitely reading, um, uh, definitely time with my wife, definitely time with friends, um, an occasional video game. And sometimes I'll just literally grab a, a glass of scotch and, and sit there and, you know, browse the internet for, for a period of time, you know, but just being able to check out for, for small windows is critical. All right. This is I'm I'm so curious. You've mentioned it a few times. What kind of genres do you read, and then what kind of video games do you just pick up? Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. All right. Genres do I read? I do not read a lot of business books, and I know that I'm not supposed to say that as a founder, but it's true. Um, I don't I don't spend a lot of time doing that because um, one, I do focus a lot on business growth during business, right? So I do work yeah. with my advisors quite a bit. And when I'm looking to zone out, I do not want that to be focused on work-related items, right? That doesn't mean I don't read any business books, but I don't, I don't um, make that a priority for for me. My genre is primarily fiction-based, so I'll read anything from, you know, Stephen King to uh, to I just finished the I reread after 20 years the um, the the um, Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, <laughs> I can see your fist pump there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really, I really mix it up and, and it's interesting because um, the bigger, the better um, there. As, yep. as, so I can truly read it over, over a few months. And then um, from a, from a video game perspective, I'm very much of an open world uh, RPG kind of game because what I like is I can put the game down for weeks and then just come yeah. back and pick it up um, and just work on something new and then just put it, get to it, put it down again for weeks and, and go again. Um, yeah. But, you know, and, and, and whatever outlet is out there for everybody, you know, because we, you know, I, I certainly grew up 
that that was my my thing. I, when I when I was young, there was no internet, but there was video games. <laughs> so that was sort of like what I found um, as my as my outlet. Now I'm with you. Uh, I I I am a fiction person myself, so I I am right there with you. Uh, that's that's what I really like about open world video games as well. Is that it? Just set set and forget. I can go explore. Mm-hmm. I can be in my own space. I can you know feel the creativity, and then you know oh I don't pick it up for three weeks. No problem. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you know yeah you don't have to remember where you're at and things like that. If I if I had to do that, I would never. I would never play. <laughs> few games aside, you know, you got to have, you know, a few, uh, you know, you play so, so much that you already know where to go. Just <laughs> up, but like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank you for coming up on Business Black Belts. Um, if anyone wants to get in contact with you more about Pet Connect Business, whether it be more about yourself, is LinkedIn going to be the best way? Is going through the website, email? Sure. So, First and foremost, I am a LinkedIn guy, so um, you can connect with me at Hector Ocasio, O-C-A-S-I-O, um, for Pet Connect Business. And um, I'm you know, definitely always looking to connect with other entrepreneurs in any space. Um, you know, I'm definitely uh, willing to always share resources and tips, and, and um, you know, I have formed wonderful relationships with other entrepreneurs on that platform. Um, and you know, it takes a village to be successful as a business owner. So always willing, um, uh, uh, to, to share there, but also you can, if you'd like to learn more about the business, you can visit us at petconnectbusiness.com and, um, you can learn a little bit more about what we do, how we do it, um, our value prop. And if you ever just want to reach out and say, hello, um, I can be found at Hector, H-E-C-T-O-R at petconnectbusiness.com. Awesome. Well, thank you once again, Hector, for coming on Business Black Belts. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And then same to all of our listeners. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of Business Black Belts. Should you want to see more content on both the show, marketing, and business in general, feel free to check out my LinkedIn. Thanks. Thanks.